Audio only is live. Swiss is in position. He's in Swiss position. Swishing. Swishing. Uh, the camera looks a little dark for Twitter. I'm going to move this a little closer. Is that okay? How's that? I can't really tell him from there, but it's fine here. Yeah, it does. What if we do this? Mm -hmm. that better? I don't know if it does or it doesn't, but it'll be fine. Ready? Steady? Let's record. Recording live. Hey, that's all right. That's good. That's a little dark. It's a little dark, but it's okay. It's okay. Is it? It's okay. It's okay. It's better than this. That's that's too much. That's too much light. See? And look, look, it, 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 it auto-corrected. Technology, everyone. Hi! I am the Sussman, Rick Sussman, joined as always by the original Angry Nerd Girl herself, Ella Strange, and we are joined once again this week by Swissifer James Robinson, the most orange of cats. That lets you know that there's no brain, only floof. No thoughts. No thoughts. Just floof. Just floof. And we are Team Readpile, and we are here today to bring you comic book reviews, thoughts about my most recent coffee cup. Delicious. If you follow us on our various uh, Instagrammeries, uh, you also would have noticed that we tried um, Mountain Dew Ball Blast Hard uh, Soda, we'll go with. Said it's hard soda. Uh, and, uh, yeah. We also will be uploading this video to YouTube later, so if there's any problem with the live, the YouTube will be available. And we have our audio only uh, on Anchor as part of the WNRN. At the WNRN. As you may have noticed, uh, we are wearing red shirts today. It is red shirt day here at the Repile. We had nothing else to go with. So we actually got into kind of a funny conversation about what we were wearing today, about I just happened to be wearing my Cincinnati Reds Randy Poffo shirt, and Elle decided to randomly put on one of her Wonder Woman shirts, and we both realized that we were wearing red shirts. And as you know, in comic book and nerd lore, mm -hmm. a red shirt is very indicative of something. In Star Trek The Original Series, if you wore a red shirt, you were a dead man. In Star Trek The Next Generation, if you wore a red shirt... You were the captain of the ship, and, you know, pretty pretty awesome, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you wore a red shirt in DC Comics, you're typically uh, part of the Red Lanterns, right? Mm -hmm. Watch with the red. I don't know. It... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere, somehow, like, I know that there's a... There's, do you know the great story about why the Hulk is green and purple? Mm-hmm. Because that was the only ink that was readily available, so like, screw it. Because originally the Hulk was gray. And then, like, there was a printing error, or, you know, the story goes that, they, you know, they, did, they decided to go with green, and then his pants were purple because that was the most available ink at the time. So, so some of the biggest moments in comics and some of the biggest costume changes are based upon necessity rather than desire. But why is it that, you know, red shirts mean so, you know, the color red. Of course, the most natural color scheme in all of nerdetry is the red and black, the evil red and black, you know? Well, I think it's just because, I guess, like, the devil was always portrayed, like, in red. So they refer to that as, like, 
you know, anger and evil and, and, and things, but I don't know. And watch, the, watch this segue. Watch this segue. You but ready then, this? then the whole Star Trek. <laughs> I, I know, I know, but watch this, watch this. Morbius wears a red and black costume in the comic books. And evidently, his movie is absolute trash. Were you aware? <laughs> I uh, I tried not to look into it. Right. I, I, I really, I don't want to know anything about this movie. <laughs> first thing I learned about Morbius. First thing I learned, did you know Jared, what the hell? We lost our light. Well, that's just. Was it on a timer? I don't know. Oh, well. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. No, no, the bottom one. That's so weird. Oh. I think it was just a timer. Or I, something. Is there a timer? Why would there be a timer? We just got a brand new ring light, and I'm still working out the kinks on it. I have no idea. Okay, move along. Um, so Jared Leto, first thing I learned about him, did you know he's 50? Did you know that? He should retire. <laughs> did you know he is also the guy who now owns the worst-reviewed comic book uh, movies of all time. He's part of the original, the, the first Suicide Squad movie as the Joker, which everyone agrees, trash. Uh-huh. Uh, he is part of Justice League, the Snyder Cut, which, not so much trash, just, oh my god, it's so long. It's not helping anything. Yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't a positive. <laughs> wasn't a positive. And now... Did you really need another example? Then they throw it on. <laughs> and now they're like, you know, he was bad as the Joker, twice. Uh-huh. Uh, what if... We cast him in a, in a Sony Marvel movie. Remember, the Sony universe, different from the MCU, in that it's basically just the Spider universe, but without <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> and now, Morbius is the worst-reviewed uh, uh, Sony Marvel... Again with the ring light. Alright, it's clearly not working, so we're just going to have to go with the big light. Sorry, everybody. We'll have to figure it out. Okay. Worst-reviewed comic book Marvel movie is... Morbius. Um, is it enough with Jared Leto, perhaps, for comic book movies? Uh, yeah, he just needs to stop. It's ridiculous. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's a very odd situation, because we've like, we like terrible movies. Yeah. We adore terrible movies, right? No, no, no. Oh. No, no, no. Oh. You can't just say that, because there's terrible, like, no, you're no. It's actually terrible. It's garbage. You should never act again. Kind of situation. Oh <laughs> man! All right. <laughs> or, or, you know, or, or cheesy comedy horror, or just straight up horror. horror yeah. But it... did you know we're going to be watching all ten Hellraiser movies? We're up to three. And yes, the next one. Yeah. In space. In space. In space. In space. Which will lead to so another... So follows along yeah. with the fourth one. Fourth one has to be in space. Yep. Leprechaun 4, in space. Hellraiser 4, in space. Jason 10, in space. <laughs> anyway, those are our random thoughts. Okay. We, we, we've, we've, we've stumbled through the opening segment far enough. L, we have a good amount of read pile this week. We have a good amount of books to review. Yes. Shall we get to them? Yes. All right, L, what do you got for us to start? All right, so, to begin. What do you got there? What is that? Show the camera. All right, so, uh, Jim Henson's The Storyteller. Uh, this is Tale 2. Um, of 4. Yep, and so basically it is to a 4 of this part, uh, which is focused on shape shapeshifters. shifters. 
Um, honestly, I cannot remember what the last one was. It was so long ago. It was like a month. <laughs> I feel like it. No, 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 no. Not not this. Oh, but oh, the other gyms. Well, so what I've there, noticed, it, it, yeah. It, it, there's a storytellers, and then they. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, I cannot remember. Which previous storytellers yeah, is, is, is yeah, what I you read? What that, I understand. What it was, but anyway. Uh, this is actually very good. So, uh, basically each part, they tell a story of being in the category of shapeshifters. And in this particular one, it's beautifully done. Hmm. Uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> if there's and, nothing else, the, the Jim Henson books are always gorgeous. The yeah. storyteller book is always gorgeous. So they, we are introduced to this girl named Rose. Um, she is of Apache descent. So she, um, you know, she's, she's a native. She's a, yeah. yeah, she's got a lot of uh, background and everything as far as being connected to her ancestors, learning of their dances. Oh, ah, yes, yes, And yes. you can see how she's just naturally bonded with that. And she's free and, and, and everything, but her mother um, worries about her because she's so free free-willed, you know. Gotcha. She wants to be out there and ring off. Be with and things. Dance. Dance. And everything, yes. But... This actually leads her to find some new friends. Okay. Uh, and uh, they are the Reed people, or the Reed children. I don't remember exactly how the they Reed pile. R E E D. Oh, Reed like a flute yeah. or, or so, a saxophone. So they're referring to the foliage. You know, foliage. foliage I like the saying the that word. Plants and everything along foliage. the creek that she goes to. Oh, the reeds. The wind, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you. the wind blows and they're dancing and they become children of her same age. Cool. And she builds a relationship and you see her grow. Yeah. And it's just to see that love of that and and even as she grows older and she kind of breaks away from them and she misses them, she's still able to reconnect with them all the way to like her last days. And it's just absolutely beautiful to see her connect uh, with the dances that her, her ancestors would do uh, and everything and, and find friendship. Now our, uh, let me ask you a question. This is tale two of four. Yeah. Now, is this a self-enclosed... Uh, so each, each... Yeah, the last issue yeah. was another shapeshifter Okay, so these story. are all... Right, these are all yeah. stories of shapeshifters throughout history, throughout lore. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But that was gorgeous. I, I just thumbed through it. it it's very watercolor-esque. And it's beautiful. just how, you know, the, just the artwork and everything yeah. is beautiful. You can, you can feel the it's wind. Very, yeah, <laughs> it's very, there's a lot of beautiful movement. I agree. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, that's cool. Nice little book. But the good times can't last forever. Here is Strange. This is issue two of Until the Doctor Strange movie comes out, which I believe is like two or three weeks away. Uh, This, of course, uh, oh, it's got Doom on the cover. Doom. Doom. I don't know why, but is uh, Doom not in the book? (laughs) There is a brief mention of him. Of Doom. They think he's at the door, but it's not. Who's at the door? Is it Doom? <laughs> yes. Does anyone know? The dog. He was like, is what? <laughs> Can anyone, does anyone, does anyone get the Doom receipts? Doom? Doom, is that you at the, <laughs> could you imagine? I love, I love when the characters refer to each other by their, their dumb superhero names. It's just so silly. I don't know how they said it. I'm just saying. No, no, but like, think about, you know, like. Oh, like, you're referring to like other stories. Well, uh, it, well, yeah, like in general, like it's very, it's very, um, uh, ch- robot chicken. Like, so Doom, uh, how's the bread? Like, Doom enjoys the bread. You know, some well, like, yeah, because 
I, I get that, because anytime uh, Batman the Animated Series, you would, like, go to the hideout of the, like, that bar. I forget the name of it. Yeah. Anyway, the, the, they would hang out and everything, and it was it was great. Um, I think you would often see it in, like, the Flash yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rogue's Bar, yeah. Yeah, the Rogue's Bar. So that was pretty cool. Um, you get to see them kind of like hanging out. This this is them relaxing. Yeah, and, and they call each other in character. Well, some of them some of them will refer to each other by their actual names, and others will be like, "Listen here, Cold. Listen here, Heat Wave. Like I'm not calling somebody Heat Wave. Your name's Bill. All right. Basically, that that's a, that's telling them, no, we're back to business. Yeah, <laughs> I'm referring to you. We don't want the we don't want the Scarlet Speedster. Look at that. It all interconnects. Scarlet Speedster, Red, Flash. Is he evil too? Is no, well, no, I mean, listen, Barry Allen, notoriously, if you need to kill a DC hero, it's Donna Troy or it's Barry Allen. It just those are the, those are your options. It's so easy. It's you just you, like, listen. So I'm killing Barry Allen. All right, almost, Barry Allen's dead. You dying. almost get disappointed when it's not them. It's not Barry Allen. <laughs> Wally's dead? No, 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 no. Wally's Doctor Manhattan now. I know. Wait a minute. Oh, the whole thing with Wonder Woman. You're like, wait. What? <laughs> how could Donna Troy not be the dead Amazon? Donna, that's our whole purpose. <laughs> All right, what do you got for us for Strange 2? Speaking of dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Clea Strange, it, I hope I'm saying her name right. I'm going with it. I, you know, okie dokie. So, okie dokie, she okie is, her main obsession is just to get Stephen back. This is the only thing she really cares about. I want my Stephen Beck, Stephen Beck, Stephen Beck. I want my Stephen Beck, Stephen Beck. <laughs> Doctor Strange needs to come home. All right, sorry. That's Good. horrible. Thank you. That's horrible. Thank you. Anyway, what threw me off is at the very beginning, you you, you open up first page, she's immediately in a fight. Okay. Uh, the idea is that she's fighting death or like the what she later refers to, they're trying to figure out what to call him, like, the sheriff for death. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it was just a little moment that she had. Death has a big home. enterprise, <laughs> lots of moving parts. Yeah. So, <laughs> Delegating. It, it was cutesy. But I was thrown off a little bit because for a moment I was like, did I miss an issue? I was like, wait, no. <laughs> There's no way I missed an issue. This is issue two. And I'm pretty sure I read issue one. Like, there, like, there could not have been a gap <laughs> But... It threw me off just a little bit, but I. But then after that, and then you know, you get the aftermath where she's talking to Wong on the couch and everything. It becomes more of a comedic kind of vibe. Uh, you you're like, oh, okay, whatever. I, it, it just proves she's got shit on her list to do. She's busy. I got bags. Because we go from that to her sitting on the couch, and he's just he Wong's like reading through her like planner. You know, like you got things to do. You got this. You got to meet with the Avengers. Uh, don't forget what happened over here. We gotta go fix that shit. Oh. Uh, there's this, this, this. And she's like, the job of the Sorceress Supreme is never <laughs> over. But things get really freaking crazy. Oh, yeah. You have to remember, she's not just Sorceress Supreme. Okay. She's also a warlord. Oh, yeah. Shit's about to go crazy, and you don't piss her off. You find out, you see on the last page, you're like... Oh yeah, yeah. Spoiler, spoiler. So spoiler. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. We will. Uh, we'll see what happens. Oh dear. Yes. Oh dear me. Yes. Oh, that is. Hmm. <laughs> I think it's interesting that uh, they they juxtaposed it with a picture of binary from Captain Marvel. Binary is uh, uh, Carol Danvers' other form. Anyway, uh, looks a lot like Starfire. Just saying that. 
<laughs> How did you enjoy Strange 2, even though it was a little wonky? I thought it was good. I, I wanted to be upset at first, and I think it's because I'm just, I always think negative for Marvel stuff. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you refuse God. to accept that there's a number of Marvel books I gotta that think you have. another character I yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's but, fun to watch that, by the way. <laughs> Overall, very good. Definitely want to continue reading it. Yeah. Uh, I... I can see how this series could easily be dragged on for a bit because already they're mentioning how there's so much stuff that she has to deal with and how it ends in this particular issue. She's already, you know... Do you think... She dove on in on something serious that doesn't even have to do with bringing Steven back. Like, she's... We have not seen Spider-Man... We have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh Uh-huh. We haven't. Um... It hasn't become available for rental yet. It'll be available for rental in like a week and a half. About the exact same time that Batman. Not going to the theaters. (laughs) Anyway, we haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh We know that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse debuts in like three weeks. Mm -hmm. Do you think at the end of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse, they are setting up Clea to be one of the legacy characters? Like, you know how Captain America is now Sam, right? And um, there's a couple other legacy characters. Uh, Hawkeye now has his young female apprentice. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of doing that in the movies. Like, that's in the comics. It's already been in the comics. Obviously, in the comics, Clea is the Sorcerer Supreme. She's taken that from very dead Stephen Strange, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe that the reason why you're seeing this long-term setup is perhaps maybe we're going to see Clea a lot in the movie? It would be it would be interesting, right? I guess. Um, oh, Black I've, Widow is is her little sister now. I've seen it done in so many different ways in the past. Where you know some people will take a, a comic and they will make it try to make it exactly like the comic. Right, and the movie comics. And it can either be hundred percent wonderful or hundred percent garbage. True. <laughs> not not necessarily that it's. It really is garbage. Just that. Look at it, you. Watch me. If you were trying, you were expecting it to be exact, you know, and they tell you it's going to be exact, and then it isn't, or it's just done poorly. The Watchmen down. Yeah, the Watchmen movie is almost identical to the comic. Yeah. And it's it's okay. It's good. I think the the changes that they made, the little changes in the movie that they made, were not beneficial for the movie. Right. I feel like sometimes in the the comic. And sometimes the movie almost has nothing to do with the comic. Yeah. Like Civil exactly. War. Exactly. They'll, they'll take another, a different spin yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe half and half, kind of like how Walking Dead did. They, yeah. They had a lot of similarities. I mean, we didn't read, or we didn't, uh, well, we didn't read or watch past certain... I read, I read 100 issues. You know. It's enough, Robert Kirkman. <laughs> it's enough. So, it can be done in a variety of ways. That's, that, that is what creativity is. And True. Imagination. And so, as long as we enjoyed it. Yeah. So I think it just depends on how that particular viewer feels about that character, their attachment to that character, or maybe even past comics that they've read or past movies that they've seen. And so everybody's really pretty much... You're excited about yeah. the next... You want, to see, you want to get to the next issue? I... Yeah. Okay. Because... I want to see I what mean, you... the point yeah. I'm trying to make is that I feel like I could easily enjoy this comic... Without... Separate from the movie. Gotcha. Whatever happens in the movie, I'm good with it. Um, because we've seen it, we've seen it done so many different ways. Yeah. I don't know what to expect out of the movie. And I'd be but, happy either way. I would be happy to see if they're trying to get this tight yeah. in, 
or yeah. if they don't, fair enough. Maybe this is just like a, another universe over here. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. I get that. It is a multiverse. It is a multiverse. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> oh yeah. It's Macho Man. Hello, it's a Macho Marvel. Man joke. Oh, it's Marvel it's again. It's another Marvel. It's a Marvel book. I had two Marvels. <laughs> 16 independent comics. I just had a couple of books this week. Two Marvel books. I had two Marvel books this week. <laughs> what is going on? Onyx, get off the table. Yeah. Oh, God. Come oh, here. God. What Come is here. he doing? Come here. Sit. Tell us about Black Widow 15. <sighs> All right. So. Black Widow 15 or uh, Legacy Issue 55. The Legacy Issues... Why are we even printing that number up there, guys? What is even the point? I will tell you this right now. This is the last issue. Oh, for real? At least for a little while. Or for now. Is for real? For real? Is it at the end? It is at the end! Oh it's my god! It's at the end. Oh my god! So, if you have not been reading it... Um... I'm there gener- wasn't really a lot yeah. of issues, so... There's I'd 15 say issues. overall... It's a pretty good run. Yeah. I enjoyed it, even this issue. Uh, I did not know that this was going to be the last issue. No. I did not until I got to the end page. <laughs> I mean... Uh, and, and I was like, okay. I was like, I've seen the end before, and the, and the story is still continuing. It's yeah, just a story, story arc. Ended. Yeah, yeah, ended. It ended. And then I turned one more page, and there it is. Wow. <laughs> wow. Right? I am... Je- like, this was... There's no fanfare. There was no fanfare at all. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I've been kind of riding along on this comic. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's been pretty steady, but like steady up here. Yeah. You, you know, you've really no been ups and downs, it. really. Uh, that, so I'm shocked by this. So in, yeah. So. Huh. I I am disappointed yeah. in seeing it, but. Well, At the we, same we, time, I think I can respect that. I'm, yeah. I'm good with that. I I don't know how much more you could put into this particular story because we're still dealing with her trauma with Stevie and and her losing her family. Yes, yeah. uh, she's having to deal with that. That's always going to be a part of her. That is nothing that's going to be shaken from her, even in this issue. It's referenced, uh, but you know, you can. How much more do you do with that? Is no, she just no, going to be I, tormented every single right. time? Is she going to learn to kind of deal with it? Um, you know, she has to to kind of get through all that um, and live with it because it's, it's a hard choice to make. Absolutely, she had to. absolutely. Uh, but you know, at the same time, she's also battling this guy from the last issue. Um, the Living Blade. Yes, the Living Blade. The Living Blade. I remember. You gotta say the whole a, thing. It was, a, it was a drinking game last issue. It's like a tribe called Quest. You gotta say the whole thing. A pimp named Slipback. They, they, they dialed it back a little bit this time. Do they just call him LB? You gotta watch out for them LBs. Well, uh, so I do want to say, you know, we do find out in, from the last issue, everybody's concerned, there were the two twins yes. that, you know, they they shared their energy with each other and one sucked up the energy from the other so they could break open the cage uh, and then they were like, but bring him back! And then it was basically, you know, um, all on Lucy to figure that out. And uh, we do get resolution from that, so you won't be left hanging on that. Uh but 
uh, surprising enough, uh, Black Widow, Natasha, uh, of course, um, you know, she tells everybody to take off leave, but there's one person in particular that comes back to take care of her. Clint. Of course it's Clint. It's her brother, <laughs> whom she sort of incestuously kind of sort of loves, but it's like a kind of not incestuous, but kind of, it's a little, it's a little, it is a little, it, it, we don't talk about it. It's a very weird relationship that they have because they very clearly love each other. Yes. And they very clearly care about each other like, uh, you know, like family. Uh-huh. But they're also, there's also a weird amount of like, there is a little bit of sexual attention, at least, at least what I've seen over the years. No, you get it. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you get that feeling in, in this it's like, series. It's like, they really care. And you can't get away from it. No, you just, once <laughs> you see it. Even if you're not it, trying to reference it, it Once you see happens. it, you can't not see it. <laughs> And and it's like it's like but they but they love they, they it's like they care very much about each other. She loves his wife. She, they would never act on these feelings. Oh, no, 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 it no, would no. never happen. No. Yes. But there is there is a little bit of a little bit of tension, and that's a little weird, right? It's a little weird. <laughs> I've always wanted to mention that, by the way, that the there there is Onyx. I swear to God, if you if you turn that. But anyway, right, so as they are. Um, Working against to get away from the living blade. Do this all the time to memory abuse. It's because Onyx is trying to turn off the audio. It's important that the audio plays. You do it all the time in my reviews too. Whenever there's a cat around. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is about me. <laughs> Please continue. You don't like being called out, huh? <laughs> I'm the asshole. I will say this. They do end up making some friends, which they in turn realize is the target of the Living Blade. The Living Blade. Uh-huh. The Living Blade. <laughs> uh, and they end up finding out what's behind Apogee. Oh, going all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, just like what they've been trying to see, what's, what's going on, what's happening, you know, to these, these kids and stuff. And it's pretty fucked up. As the entire series was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, I know it was kind of a short series. Well, 50 Issues is a good run. It is, it is a good chunk. And I think it's going to be awesome to buy as a trade, too. So if somebody was... You're not buying this as a trade. You, you have no, to complete it. No, I run. have, I have to complete it. I well, understand did, the yeah, difference. I, I've seen you do this. I've seen you buy completed runs after you buy completed runs. Yes. Well, I'm, but now <laughs> but but you're only down. Now you're back down to one Marvel book. They could bring Squirrel Girl back. They could. They could. They could. Somebody had a great line uh, uh, the other day that I, I heard that Squirrel Girl and One Punch Man have the exact same gimmick in that they're just unbeatable. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But everyone accepts One Punch Man because he's a dude. And nobody accepts Squirrel Girl because she looks like a squirrel. And I was like, that that is very accurate. But we have always loved, we here at the Read Pile have always loved Squirrel Girl. And will fight to the death to make sure that she is given the respect of a million squirrels. What else you got on your Read Pile? We haven't gotten your pick of the week yet. So this is not your pick of the week. It is not. Ooh, Wonder Woman Historia. This is part two of, I'm not really sure how it, now... I was, uh, I remember this was not uh, the same creative team from part one, so the Historia issues, I guess, are different stories, or just the history, it's literally just the history of the Amazons? 
Yeah. Okay. Um, so we were learn learning about the Amazons, uh, and in this particular issue, uh, it is focused on Hippolyta and how she actually becomes an Amazon. She has not always just been an Amazon. She becomes an Amazon. We learned who the original Amazons were. Mm. Uh, we see how they go from camps to camps, you know, from place to place, town to town, uh, you know, through the woods and wherever, to save women from men, from all the horrible things that have happened to them in the past as far as being sold and being mistreated and just horrible, horrible things happening. And so they go and they, they save these women uh, from them. And now... Uh, Hippolyta was one of these women. She was saved. Oh. And she has decided that she wants to be an Amazon. She, she wants sees, to back. She sees what they have done yeah. to others. She wants to be a part of that. She believes in it. Uh, and so um, she basically, you know, she finds where they are. She tracks them down and she's uh convinced them to allow her to become an Amazon. Uh, they also go into detail about how there are six tribes. Of the Amazons? Of the Amazons. But we only know about three tribes. But they're not even referencing what we're talking about oh. together. This is like so this is back this is when they were just getting started. Select. Yeah. Wow, that's it, cool. It has been they have been they were they were uh, they were created by uh, the goddesses and they they were in charge. Can I that. show this image yeah, real quick? Yeah, yeah. So Gene Haw did the art for this and the if you look really closely you can see the Fibonacci sequence is being used here. The, you can even see the outline of it. And I can't help but just stare at this. This is without question one of the most gorgeous splash pages I've seen in some time. That is yeah. so beautiful. Please continue. Sorry, I just wanted to show that real quick. I don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, the six tribes. Oh, yeah. So uh, they were doing, they, they, of course, you know, they go through, uh, they tell you about a little briefness, um, of each of the tribes. Um, but they decide that they don't want to have to be controlled by I, any of them. And they create their own, a seventh tribe. Oh. And this is how she becomes the queen. So the, the, the Amazons, uh, and, and again, this is a black label book. So of course none of this matters. Um, but these specific Amazons, the Amazons who would eventually give birth to Wonder Woman, mm -hmm. Hippolyta just decided, no, nah, we're going to do our own thing. We're going to go to Themyscira, and we're going to be our own they people. Don't even, they don't mention Themyscira or anything. Well, right they're going to get there eventually. I, I wouldn't believe so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to see how all of this is just building and building, and you know, to be able to go that far back, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I can't find really any other character that I'm willing to put this much effort into finding out origin stories <laughs> and to go this far back. I mean, this is, we've gone past Wonder Woman yeah. to her mom's, mom's origin. origin story. It's funny that you, so <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that specifically because, because this, uh, this week it was announced that there is going to be a special Avengers 1 million BC origin of Thor that is going to be announced that is going we're going to find out who the original Odin's son was 
And I was just, the way you were, you know, phrasing that sentence was, you know, what other character has this much history, da-da-da, all this other... Of course, it would be Thor. It would be Thor, and it's just funny how it, it, it's coming out at the exact same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh, you're, 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 I see you're not. I was waiting for you to, I thought you were going to yell at him. Oh, I didn't want to yell at him because oh. you yelled at me. Oh, wow. If he turns it off, it's just on your fault then. It's on your head. I can't be blamed. You made great pancakes this morning. I make great pets. What else you got? <laughs> oh, is it pick of the week time? It's pick of the week time. Now remember, every week Elle changes it up. Sometimes she has her last book as the pick of the week. Sometimes it's not her pick. Is this the pick of the week, Elle? This is the pick of the week. This is the pick of the week. Let's see it. Alice, what is this? Alice Ever After. This is from Boom Studios. It is by (laughs) Dan Dan, uh, Panasonian. Panasonian. I've never learned how to say your name. Panasonian. I'm sorry, Dan. He follows us. We follow him. I've read tons of his stuff. I love his stuff. This is the first book of his that you're reading. Uh, also with, uh, uh, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mispronounce her name. You're better at this now. Can you? Uh, this is his art on the cover, by the way. I wanted to point that out. This is Dan's actual art on the cover. So he's one of these folks who writes and draws. So I hate him twice. Wow. Okay. So jealousy. So tell us about this. I am willing to read anything that is Alice involved. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Uh, I will, I will read classic writings to, uh, crazy, like, psychedelic level to, um, weird Xenoscope. Hyper-sexy <laughs> cheesecake versions in Xenoscope. It's called cheesecake. So, this particular one, uh, here, uh, Alba seems to be dependent on some pills, uh, to help her all? escape to Wonderland. Uh, we even see a part where she takes the pills and she just falls onto the ground and hits her head. Uh, and now she's in Wonderland. I don't think that's how it works. I don't think we're telling the same story. That's but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fact that she has two cats that talk to her all the time. <laughs> but only I don't, I don't see the cats talking to anybody else. Uh, they do narrate. Do you feel, do you feel, <laughs> do you feel strongly about this? I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm concerned about the fact that she, when she goes to Wonderland, one of her friends that she just encountered on the street that she hasn't seen in a long time is there also. Yes. Uh, I'm starting to think maybe he's not really there. <laughs> All of these things. The fact that she has to steal for a man that's providing her the pills. Yes. Too, yeah. That's no, none of this really sounds great. I'm not going to lie. But the way it's told yeah. is actually in a very fairy tale kind of-esque way. Oh, God. And I don't know how he does it, but it's, it's, it's wonderful. And I think it's the artwork, too, that plays along with it. Because I, I, I'm seeing it, and I'm like, this... I've seen the story. It, I, I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, we've we've read a, we've, we've read the story. We, we've read we the story. Prime. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like. I, I saw at the end there. There was a, a little hint of the uh, Queen of Hearts at the end there. I thought that oh, was pretty cool. That, that was. I was going to mention that too. You you do see 
bits of characters. That have bled into our reality, so exactly. to speak. Exactly. Very and nice. So you Very do nice. see the Queen of Hearts, and he had this feel about the, um, the guy that's been uh, providing the pills. The pills? Uh, Does he have a know, big grin? No, he's oh, more not, of like... Not the Cheshire Cat? Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, so I think... I don't know how far this particular story can go. You know, I, well, I see the joke of this, and yeah. I love it. I could even enjoy it as just one shot. It's absolutely wonderful. I don't know how... I, I imagine I it's going like to be a short series. I feel like easily carry on like to another issue. Of course. Uh, I just don't know. Like, I mean, at some point, uh, one way or the other, it's going to become a ra- reality. Like, is she really going to Wonderland, or just seeing it happening in a different way? Or is she nuts? Is she just nuts? Isn't that always the case? But you, you loved this. Oh, I absolutely loved it. I told you, I can't, I can't get enough of it. I, I, I it's like Wonder Woman. I can't. I'll just take whatever version. You really got to stop. You got to stop telling the world of the books that you're willing to buy because people will just start mass producing these things. Okay. <laughs> now I did. But then I'll, I'll start finding garbage ones. That's true. I did see at the end there. There appeared to be a preview for. Another character in perhaps the same canon? Same canon? No. Like, it said Grimm, as in the Grimm fairy tales, I assume. No. No. No, no, no. Oh, no. okay. So, this is actually a preview of um, Steph Phillips' um, book. Okay. It's called Grimm. Oh, okay. It's, it has nothing it is, to do with it. It is a very, very short <laughs> preview. Basically, you, you just see a guy is in an accident. He's he like, did. oh man, and it, it, you can kind of see how he, they, it's worded. Like, oh, he obviously was drunk driving. Gotcha. He's like, oh man, I made it. <laughs> and then this girl, the big scythe, is just looking down like, did you? <laughs> and there you are. Let's go to the so all right, the all right. reveal is you see the character, and I guess that much of it is supposed to intrigue you enough to... I feel like the preview wasn't enough. Oh, well, I disagree. If, I thought, so before you explained it to me, uh-huh. I thought this was just like a preview into another book in the Grim Fairy Tale universe. Mm-hmm. But from what I'm gathering, this is just going to be the story of the Grim Reaper. And in this case, she's a charming young lady. And I'm a big fan of that kind of Grim Reaper. And it's by Steph Phillips. I'm on board. Hmm. So your pick of the week. I did not say it was bad. I just said I didn't feel like it was enough preview for me. I don't know. I don't know. I'm already on board. But Alice Ever After, your pick of the week. Pick of the week. Anything else you want to say about that before we move on? All right, cool. Thank you for that. The read pile, illustrate. Uh, oh, jeez. You okay? <laughs> Moving on. We begin my The Read Pile this week with The Ocean Will Take Us All. Now, I was very excited for this book. Uh, I was looking forward to it. I got my hands on it. Uh, in the first two pages, we get a lot of very cool uh, references to uh, eldritch horror, lots of Lovecraftian tentacles creeping out from under the water, and uh, a poor young lad is dragged underneath, killed off screen to his death, you know, to his absolute death. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh boy, here we go, it's going to be a horror book, and I'm excited by that. Um, I was wrong. Uh, we then spend the rest of the issue learning a lot about a new family moving into the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of setup. Uh, it is very 
anime-y, very manga-esque. And see, that kind of helps sometimes. You see a lot of horror movies do that. Something horrible happens, you're realizing, oh man, this is not a good place to live. But then you see the new, new family, family coming yep. in, and they're brand new, and all they see is the pretty trees and the, the ocean. Like, oh, this is going to be great. Some of the main characters have a horror fest night. So more references to great things that we like. They actually sit around. They talk. There's a lot of Carrie references. They talk about a lot of the classics. We get a scene where a bunch of rude uh, teenagers are trying to drown one of their friends. Oh. And I'm like, oh man, this oh, is funny. This is that's messed up. And then we get to see the eldritch tentacles are in the pool now. So what is going? But that but that's all we get. That's uh, that's it. That's, it's just it's very very quiet. Very very cool. It's a lot of, lot of teasing. That's okay. Issue ones, as we've been over a hundred thousand times, issue ones are always one of two things. It's either issue one or issue two. Issue one can sometimes be quiet and setting up lots of very crazy things. Now we know with aftershock comics that they tend to only be about five or six issues, sometimes only four. Mm -hmm. So we know they're setting up a lot, and we know that it's going to be a quick run. So all right, okay, all right. I was hoping for a little bit more of the ultraviolence, I'm not going to lie. With a title like The Ocean Will Take Us, um, I was under the impression that there was going to be a lot more in the way of Lovecraftian horror. But you know what? We do have a story to tell. You can't just blow your load on the first issue. Uh, I, I would be disappointed if, you know, uh, I don't know, Cthulhu showed up on page two. And I'm like, alright, well there's Cthulhu, I guess that story's over with. Um, but I was, I was a little disappointed, I... I was hoping for a bit more horror, and I got a bit more uh, Angel Grove than I would have wanted. Well, I mean, it's just like with like a TV series. Yeah. Like, sometimes the pilot is it, it falls short a little, a bit little of itself, a little, a little. and then on the second one, I, you, it gets it gets better. I you absolutely, know. yeah, I'm I'm on board. Yeah. Okay, we're doing a lot of very, like, again, we're doing a lot of a lot of Power Ranger kind of stuff here. As you can see, we've got a guy in red, a person in green, a person in yellow. All the major tropes and characteristics are there. They're drawn to look very, you know, it's a very stylized drawing. I like the art, very anime-esque. There's an evil potion, perhaps, things like that. So we've got a lot of the elements that I'm looking for. I was just, if I'm very honest, I was, I was... I was looking for a bit more of the mad. Maybe that makes me a, a dark and evil person, perhaps. But I you was. Are red. I am wearing red. Uh, but I, I was a little. I was a little disappointed. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean I'm off the book. Okay. Just means all right. We'll see what issue two has. Moving on. The final issue of Apache Delivery Service is here. Uh, another wonderful four-issue uh, romp from Matt Kent with Tyler Jenkins and Hillary Jenkins. Um, so, this book, it uh, it moves in a hurry. Um, we got issue three, which I was very much enjoying. Uh, the issue four starts with the backstory of the main villain. We get to see that he was horribly abused as a kid, which led to him killing birds, which led to him killing uh, people. And then he discovered that if he just spends the majority of his time uh, in and around war zones, uh, you don't really notice a serial killer. Uh, murdering people because there's a war happening. Hmm. And I was like, that is a much better story. Like, I want to know more about that. That is a good idea. And I hope that maybe Matt Kent has, like, something for that, about a serial killer who kills, you know, in war areas so that he can get away with it. Because that just seems fun. We do find out that the mystery of the of the loot is real. Um, that comes to pass. 
And then, I'll be honest, um, once we get out of the loot cave, the book goes almost completely silent. And we just get picture upon picture upon picture upon picture upon picture, uh, and the story just sort of finishes. And we get to see our Apache uh, living his best life at the end, and how, you know, being a, a quiet, living in a quiet solitude isn't such a bad thing. A little bit of a quick ending, if I'm very honest. I, I usually enjoy uh, a bit more uh, dialogue and a bit more uh, denouement, but I also really like short stories. So I'm not really mad about this. I, I enjoyed Apache Delivery Service. I loved it. Four-issue miniseries. It has an ending. Can I really be upset by that? Should I be upset by that? I don't think so. And sometimes the ending is just the ending, and that's the end of that story. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. It just kind of took me by surprise. I, I, I kind of expected maybe two more issues from issue three. Like, I, I thought issue five might have been the last issue, mm -hmm. but issue four was fine. It just was a little quick. Okay. Oh, God, I don't know what to do. Um, okay, okay, okay. We here at The Read Pile have three specific creators where we tend to read at least one book of theirs every single week. This started off as a joke, but has now become the actual reality of our world. Mm -hmm. Those three creators are Colin Bunn, Tom King, and Tom Taylor. This week I have Batman Killing Time, issue two of six by Tom King. Ding! So in this issue, we start to learn more about what it was that was stolen uh, in the first issue. The first issue, there was two robberies happening. One that was by Killer Croc, where Batman intervened, and one where uh, the Riddler and Catwoman broke into a high-security bank and stole something out of a safety deposit box. Some kind of a guffin, or we don't know what it is. But Selina is very sure that once Batman finds out that they stole this thing, that Batman is going to kill them. Like, she is fairly certain. Now, it, it's very early on. They just opened up Arkham Asylum in this, you know, continuity here. So it's very early in Batman's career. The Joker and uh, Catwoman are still buddies at this point. Uh, Joker injects Batman with some kind of truth serum. Batman says something. Joker says it to the Catwoman. Catwoman and Riddler come up with the plan. And that's sort of where we're at. Now, again, it's a Tom King book, so... Just like those two uh, uh, testicle monsters say, you don't fuck with time, but Tom King, Tom King is going to fuck with time. Um, something, remember how in the last issue I mentioned how, like, Tom King was keeping everything within, like, an hour of each other, and then for some reason we go back, like, 3,000 years to some Greek god thing? Mm -hmm. We get a lot more of that Greek god stuff. And there's a lot more interplay of the Greek gods. There's a lot more mention of it. And there is something really cool in here. The Penguin was not actually killed. I thought the Penguin was killed in the last issue. Um, he wasn't killed. He was beaten significantly. And the way the Riddler beat him was actually a big riddle that Batman had to solve. <laughs> I don't want to give away too much. Well, I don't want to give away too much. But it was actually one of the coolest things I've ever read. Legitimately. The way that... It was one of those moments where I'm like, that might be too smart. Like, that is such, that is such a great, like, we'll, you know, the greatest detective of all time even figured this out. And, and, and that's how the Riddler left his calling card. And he assures Catwoman that there is no riddle, Batman won't know where they are, you know, it doesn't matter, etc., etc. But, it's just one of those things where I read it and I'm like, this is, this is genius. I don't know if it's, like, realistic enough. 
And I and granted, this is a story with Killer Croc in it, and you know, Batman. But for a moment there, I just sort of sat and stared at the book, and I'm like, I would have never even considered that. And I don't know if that means that I'm not smart enough to be Tom King, or if maybe Tom King is just too smart sometimes. But it's so fucking cool. Like, mm-hmm. it left me dumbfounded. I'm like, that's that's just genius. I don't know what... A, at some point, art, like, ascends and gets so far above your head that maybe you just... You're, you're lost. You know, like the Andy Warhol uh, uh, um, uh, t- tomato soup cans. Well, it's just a picture of tomato soup, baby. But it's not just tomato soup. It's pop culture... I feel like sometimes, or I feel like in this issue, Tom King reached a new level of art to his style. And I just, I was stupefied by it. I don't know what else to say. (laughs) I loved it, but also I was dumbfounded. It's so, I'm going to have you just check it out after we go off the air. I want to hear your thoughts on it, but I can't, I can't give it away. Well, why is it not your pick of the week? It's not my pick of the week because it is only issue two. Okay. And in this particular issue, too, we are very much setting up a lot of shit. There's a lot of things happening. And as you know, with Tom King books, issue two, I think issue two is probably his weakest issue as far as you and I are concerned. You were ready to drop Batman Catwoman on issue two. Was I? You were. And your reasoning from it, I understood. Because issue two, in issue one, you're, you're pulled in every which way and direction. You know, you've got this timeline stuff happening. And issue two, you get more of that, but you're getting, you're getting bigger chunks and then by issue three and issue four, everything starts weaving together, and the story is working, and you're running, you know, you're running alongside of Tom King instead of running behind him. So I feel like the same thing happened here with Batman Killing Time issue two, where we're just we're not ready, we're not hitting the pavement yet, yeah. we're not hitting the ground running, we're pulling it's not back. A negative thing. No, it's just no, 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 no. Part of the story. This is this is not a bad thing whatsoever. I wouldn't call it my pick of the week, but if it was the only book I was reading, I would be over well, I would be over the moon. I would absolutely be over You know, I say this a lot. It's not, it's, it's a really easy, cheap way out of a scenario. I say it a lot, but it's true. If it wasn't for the other books on my read pile, this would have been my pick of the week. And people look at me like, oh, you're just trying to say that you'd have multiple picks of the week. No, it, it's the truth. Sometimes there are just other books that come out that are just really good too, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know which one to pick. These, okay. These both could be my pick of the week. I have to pick one. Hmm. Sometimes I pick two. You can do I, what I do. What was that? Do your reviews. Okay. And, one, then, and then pick it the end. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Let's go first. Not my pick of the week. Maybe my pick of the week. West of Sundown. This is by Tim Seeley. This is uh, also by uh, Aaron Campbell. Uh, drawn by, uh, I want to give credit where the art. Jim Terry. The art is really, really, really cool. Um, we are big vampire lovers here at the Repile. Specifically, we are big vampires of what we do, uh, big fans of what we do in the shadows. This is a akin to what we do in the shadows, but set in a much more realistic version. Um, we get to meet uh, our our main hero, I suppose, uh, who is uh, digging graves uh, during the Civil War. He's Irish, and he hears a bell ringing, which I actually know what this is. Uh, back in the day, they used to bury people and they'd put their hands around a bell because they weren't really sure if you were dead back in the day. Some people were in comas. This is a true story. So you'd be buried, and if you woke up, you would start ringing the bell, hoping that someone would come dig you up before you ran out of oxygen. Mm-hmm. No one ever survived. <laughs> they, they never got to them fast yeah. enough. 
But I not, not a good. <laughs> I, I but as soon as I heard the bell ringing, I knew what this was. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. He digs her up, and she's this Countess vamp, uh, vampire. His name is Dooley O'Shaughnessy, and her name is um. Oh, I forget the name. Oh, here we go, Miss Constance Dare uh, uh, Bend, and Constance is a very traditional Gothic, beautiful vampire, um, whom is actually kind of a very interesting character. She's one of these vampires that you actually love because she only destroys or feeds on real shitheads. And not just any specific shitheads, the rich. She literally only eats the rich. I mean, I think I would be the same if I was a vampire. I mean, it's, it, you know, she she also knows that it's easy to get away with eating the rich, especially in the, in you know, just post-Civil War era. Because if you eat the rich and post it, there's no one. Wait, who, is this Eat the Rich? <laughs> it's like it's like the prequel to Eat the Rich, um, but they, she basically she blackmails their um, uh, whomever's left over, uh, their their heirs, so that no one will ever come after her. But there is someone tracking her, and what they do is they destroy her home and set her house on fire. And not only do they destroy her house, but they destroy the earth that she sleeps in. Which, as we learn from what we do in the shadows, mm-hmm. is a big deal for vampires. They have to have their earth to regenerate. Yeah, right? they will just roam and fall apart. So <laughs> they then have to f- travel back to California, where she's from, um, and it's on boat. At one point, uh, they hit the old west, and they've got to trek back to her ancestral home. They are attacked by a group of uh, highwaymen, which then the countess wakes up and. Uh, feeds upon them and again it's the wild west like 1883 so you know a bunch of dead bodies in the middle of a of a highway (laughs) what you gonna do (laughs) well these people appear to be dead the coolest thing about this story though oh hello everyone wow we just picked up a whole bunch of followers the coolest thing about this story though is we get to find out who it is that's actually tracking her and don't give it away but what does that look like to you l does that look like someone you know does that does that look like someone who you might think in a similar? I don't, I, I don't want to see it. I know. <laughs> I know. So this is setting up, this is setting up what I believe to be a Wild West or a American version of some of the greatest monsters in the history of all literature. I think we're looking at a potential for a a very different League of Extraordinary Gentlemen kind of story. A very, very much American Vampire-esque storyline. You know how much I loved American Vampire. Mm-hmm. And it's from Tim Seeley. It could very well be my pick of the week. I'm going to put it over here because I have, right. one, I have one more book All to right. review. Pending. 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 Next up. We have Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn's Little Monsters issue two. Oh my god, this is so good. Okay, I'm saying this right now. Get oh, I, I tweeted this. I'm saying it again. Get this book. Buy co- buy a copy of issue one. Just put it somewhere safe and hold on to it. This is going to become a movie. This is going to become a TV series. This is going to blow up like the Fourth of July. I guarantee it. I absolutely guarantee it. It's a story very similar to what we've seen a few times in terms of we know what these characters are. We've seen little kid vampires, like, let the right one in, right? Mm -hmm. This is a group of little kid vampires. We get to see who made them in this issue. We get to see how they're being made and why they're being made. And it's actually being done 
in, in a po- as much of a positive reason as possible. We also get a big change at the end here where we find out who's actually narrating the story. We think it's oh. we think it's the kids, as as you would expect, right? Yeah. There's a group of kids. They're all we find out in the first issue. No big surprise. They're all vampires. They all got to be in bed before the sun rises. No, it's someone else. Something else is hunting them. This is awesome. It is so beautiful. Uh, let me mm-hmm. see if I can do a page that doesn't give anything away. It's got to be here. We go. It's so beautiful. uh, Dustin Wynn is so gorgeous. And you can see there's little specks of color. Just little specks of color. And it's because everything is at night, as you would expect. Here's a great example. Billy here is drawing on the wall. And though the world around him is in gray and sepia tone, the art that he draws is in color. Mm -hmm. And that's so important because if you remember Interview with a Vampire, Brad Pitt's uh, character would go on and on about how he missed his beautiful blue, because he couldn't see the sun anymore, right? So he didn't get to see color anymore. But the idea that we're incorporating that into this book already, get a hold of Little Monsters before it's too late. I promise you, this is a speculator issue. I guarantee it. It's got a major first appearance, has a major death in there, has a couple of major deaths, quite honestly. This is going to be a big deal. This is already setting up to be a book that absolutely everybody is going to be talking about. If you think I'm wrong, just remember that Jeff Lemire has already got Sweet Tooth, which is a big thing on Netflix. He knows what he's doing, and Dustin Wynn is such a good artist, it's going to be big. I promise you. I don't know which one to pick! That didn't do anything! I... Ah, fuck it. My picks of the week this week are Little Monsters Issue 2 and uh, West of Sundown Issue 1 from Vault Comics. They are both tremendous. Elves is also something to do with Alice in Wonderland. Who cares? Uh, but no, I, I all three of these issue ones from we got Boom Image. This is funny. We're DC nerds, and our picks of the week this week are Boom Image and Vault Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. That's it for the read pile. That's what we got. Uh, I urge you all to get Little Monsters. If you're a big Alice in Wonderland fan, Alice Ever After is great. L loved it. West of Sundown has a lot of great stuff in it, too. Um, Both of these are my pick of the week. So, yeah. Hell of a good read pile this week, folks. Mm -hmm. Get to your local comic book shop and get on board. Um, Before we wrap up, we always like to say thank you. Uh, I, I hope there's a, we have 40 people watching us right now. I, uh, unfortunately, we do this via uh, my phone, so if you're commenting, I'm sorry, I can't read it. I have the Do Not Disturb turned on, because people keep calling me while I'm trying to do our show for No Money Out of Town. <laughs> but thank you so much for viewing. Uh, before we go, we always want to say thank you to our friends, the Space Bastards. Make sure you check them out, spacebastards.com. That book is four volumes, and it's amazing. We have friends over at BG Comics, Clerk and Bo. Our good friend, AJ Schumacher, who was one of the first people to ever follow the read pile. Thank you, AJ. Uh, Bountiful Garden, Haven for Heroes, Eric Palicki, who, of course, is a good friend of ours. Our sister broadcast, the IndieCast, Mad Cave Comics, all of our friends out there. Thank you so much for viewing. And before we go, we always like to mention, if you have the opportunity, please venture over to Instagram. Elle Lestrange has a uh, blog that she curates. It's a, uh, like a meme blog, I guess. And it's called So You Have a Chronic Illness. 
make sure you underscore between each word. So underscore you underscore have underscore. Uh, it is a uh, blog about living with and dealing with chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elle Lestrange uh, was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis um, six years ago, five and a half years ago? I don't know. It's been, been about five, <laughs> six years. Um, and she also is a big advocate for medical marijuana. And what she's done more than anything over on Instagram is she's curated a place for other people who have chronic illness to just vent. And you do it with dark memes and very... Very gallows humor. <laughs> yes. It's not for us this sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> but check it out over on Instagram at So You Have a Chronic Illness. Please make sure you follow us here at The Read Pile. You can add us. You can tweet at me. I'm very active on, in, on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for the likes, by the way. That's very kind of you. Thank you so much. Um, I can actually see the likes, but I can't see the comments. Don't ask. It's Twitter. We also are available on YouTube. The uh, YouTube version of this will be uploading with an amazing glare on the top of the screen. We're going to try and figure that out. It's here. It's, you can't see it on Twitter, but... On Twitter, it looks great. Here. It's funny. On Twitter, it looks great, but I can't interact with you. On YouTube, it doesn't look as great, but I can interact with you. Technology. Uh, and, of course, please venture over to our uh, broadcast at Anchor, where all you got to do is give us a listen, and that helps uh, the WNRN... L and I, the Read Pile, the IndieCast, all the great shows at the WNRN make money. So uh, there's plenty of ways to get a hold of us, plenty of ways to shout us out. Uh, I'm pretty sure somebody who we tagged on Twitter retweeted us. Lately it's been Tom King because he's a mensch, uh, and that's probably why we have so many viewers this week. But I will be on uh, Twitter later today if you guys want to talk comics, and make sure you venture over, of course, to Instagram and check out L's blog. That's it for this week's episode of the Read Pile. Until next week... Uh, we will see you guys then. And uh, yeah, say goodbye, Elle. Bye, Elle. All right, let me turn this off. And let me turn this off. Say goodbye again, Elle. That's easy. Bye, Elle. That was twice. You get two. You get two this week. Oh, and now for the audio only to be turned off. Thank you guys for listening all the way to the end. It probably made us about 15 cents.